0: Good
1: Lord. Okay.
0: Okay. Oh no, 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 no. Joshua. Uh, okay, do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Take one. One. Everybody else comes. Yes, else okay. <sighs> okay. So in Peric Schlesi, if you learn Peric it's about one topic it's about the splitting of the yardage. And it's actually very fascinating that she made it, that it went straight up. Straight up so you could see from far and wide. There's a whole machlokas, as you guys know. And the Gemara asked how far high it went. The main thing was that it went straight up. And it started going up. As soon as the Kohanim went into the water, it went right up there. That's what the second uh, the, that's what the third parak is all about, talking about it. And once the Kohanim went in and started going straight up, so then came the 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 Arun was brought into the middle, and then the people all passed through. Okay, that's the second. That's 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 the third parak in a nutshell. So we go to the fourth parak, and there's something very very unusual. Now I'm going to tell you. I went to Ishatara Torah, and I came into Esh. It was 1978, and I had never heard about this. Again, okay, big deal that I didn't know anything about this, but I'll just give you a little background, and and then about what was going on in Aish, and then we'll learn the Pesukim inside here. So, Abba Noach Weinberg was trying; he was he was working on the, the beginning of the of world. You have to. Put the world into perspective. The first Kirib yeshiva was, was uh, in YU, the JSS, the school. It was called the James. The, Strong's James Strong's. Strong's. Yeah, that was like in the early, early sixties is when they opened it. Most of and the second bachtshuva yeshiva was Hadar Hatara, which was the Chabad school, a yeshiva on Ocean Park on Eastern Parkway this is all before the six-day war it was early then you have the six-day war which opened up the whole realm of the world toward the idea of Yiddishkeit. it was it was like a a, a total total like a nuclear bomb when it came to people being proud of being a jew the rebel at that point said you should go to the hotel and you should make a a, a little box where you can put tefillin on, which was actually, we look at it as not being so revolutionary right now that you're asking people, soldiers are all day long being asked to put tefillin. But that time, it was revolutionary. I remember one guy, one I was doing it, and one, one person came to me and he said, to me, how could you do that when they haven't washed their hands necessarily? It was just an attitude because it was so far removed it was so far removed, the Kirov, the whole Kirov world was just, just, just beginning. It was just be just beginning. So, like, and so what, how, how do you go about being the of people? And they were basically in this area, you know, this is getting off topic, but it's okay. They're basically two different approaches. You have the, the Litvish approach and you have the Hasidish approach. And all of the yeshivas, whether it's Or Sameach, Torah, Neve Yushalayim, any of these places, all the all the schools that you know of, are all following the the Litvish approach, which is learn Torah. That the first thing you do is you give people Torah, and the Torah will cause the people to get close to Hakadosh Baruch. That's what they were. That's what they were doing. It could be that they were that you might be. Answering their questions, which of course have to be answered, but you're using Torah as the as the as the hook. That's what you're doing. That was the Lithish approach. The Hasidish approach, and that's why Chabad and Bresto they follow that approach, was to do mitzvahs. That it's the mitzvah that brings that, which is the attract not the attraction, but the way to get the Hamon Am involved in Yiddishkeit is the mitzvahs. And when the Rebbe was doing the making the miftzos it it, it wasn't that he was just coming up with this idea of a mifts of the tzedakah box but rather he coming from the approach where they're coming from that's how that's the way to be makar people and when or sameach i'll never forget this i brought a guy in and we sat down with one of the heads of the koel the yeshiva i think koel and the guy says well what do you do here so the rub said we learn we learn talmud and the uh, person says what else he says we learn talmud and the guy says um is there any other subject that you're interested in and then the rub again says we learn talmud okay so then the guy said well at least you're 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 defined in your in your in your approach to life that was the way that was perceived by the litvish world as the way to bring people in so they were playing and trying to figure out which which way how to do this you know so there was a yeshiva that started i think it was in 1973 um 71 or 72 it was called shema yisrael shema yisrael was it's very interesting because it was it was around for like two years it didn't work um they had Rav Noach Weinberg, okay? They had Rav Notta Schiller, who was the founder of Orsamech, with uh, the other, there were two in Orsamech, Notta Schiller and Matis Weinberg. Matis Weinberg? Maybe I'm wrong on was that. Was Noach? Or, huh? Was
1: not Noach? No, <laughs> no Noach
0: Weinberg was, it, it was not part of Orsamech. So they were both together. There was a third row there, and then Rav uh, Avram Horowitz, who had a yeshiva cult of our So they were trying. But then that split. And in 1974, Rabnoch Weinberg made a Shatara. And that's when they started with the things called Proving God's Existence. And like they had a thing called the Codes. And you guys probably know like Perm Fest, you know, 19, what was it? Perm Fest 1946. Those are all different codes in the Torah which they thought that this is going to be certain ways of, you know, of attracting people. And then there was like, there were classes when I was in Esha Torah. There were shiurim there. I was teaching there. But, and how to get people, literally, like to look at the person, speak to them, know what to say to them. It was, it was actually, they were trying the basics of learning how to do kira. So at that time, when I walked in, it was... In 19, I came into Israel in nineteen seventy eight. I was an experiment. In nineteen seventy, I was literally an experiment. But Noah Weinberg had a problem. In the early years, nineteen seventy eight, there were no Bali chupa that could teach. There were too, it was it was in the embryonic stage. It was too young, mm-hmm. so he came back to he came to New York, and he spoke to one of my rashi and asked, "Is there a bacher that has smicha that could come to Israel and teach during the summers?" So that's what I mean. I was an experiment. I came mm-hmm. there. So they were playing with this. They were playing with this specific. Obnua came up with this idea. So if you look in the paper, this is the fourth parak. What happens? You have you have the Jordan River is shooting straight up. Okay, the Yidden are going through the desert. Going through the, they're going through the Jordan River, right? They're going through the river. And then it says like this, it's, this, this is an area that most of us, unless we really, really went into Navi, you're not going to remember this. So it says, Yishua. So Yeshua tells all the, the, he says, I'll go back a it before. Yeshua yeah, went to the 12 people that were separated, 12 leaders of Chal Yisrael. <laughs> Yahshua goes and takes 12 liters and he says, Joshua, And Yoshua says to each one, aron hashem yarden. You should go into the water by where the Aaron is. <coughs> and you should find yourself a big stone. Find, find yourself a stone and put it on your shoulders right? The one for each. So it's going to be 12 big stones. What are these stones for? What was the idea? The that there should be a physical sign in the midst of Claus,ish Yisrael. lemar the kids are going to say Moha, what are these stones? What are what's going on with these stones? And you're gonna say, say that there was an experience that the Jordan River split, actually went straight up, and these stones were from that moment. But that when the stone, that when the the Jordan split, these stones should be remembrance forever and ever and ever. So Rabnor Kweimber had the idea, let's find the stones. Yeah. They had a the whole expedition. They were looking for the stones because if it says in the postk that they were that stones existed, so imagine if you could find the stones and you could tell people this these are the stones from when the when the Jordan River split, it would have been a tremendous movement, you know, like toward Kirchinoch, I mean. Chuva. So that's when I came into age. This is what they were talking about. The stones. There were these stones. Why? Why? So I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. You know, growing up in America, growing up in a in a family where both of my parents of bali chuva The idea of mitzvah was not something so. I don't want to say valued, but if you don't have it, you don't, uh, you don't talk about it. You know, if your grandfather was Rav Shavshavala Hirsch, I don't know if your grandfather, whatever, what's the deal? My wife's not. It. Okay, but, but what's the deal? Sixth generation. She, she She's fourth generation my grandchildren are sixth generation. From Shoucher for Hersh. So when you got it in your family, then you can start thinking about what is this misora thing. When you don't have it in your family, you don't think about it so much. That's the truth. I mean, I, I, I'm being honest. I think it is, but it's such a key know component. A I don't. Know. I'm a sober. My mother and father said yes. They meant yes. They said no. Oh, okay, that's that, no. that's a different type of that door, kind of misora we, and we don't gave, have in them gave to the Torah. We, that kind kind of mis- we don't have that in America. Yes, yeah, is yeah, that yeah, yes. I'm not I'm not, I'm just teasing on that. But these stones were a sign to remind us from where we came. And that's a very important thing, from where we came. You know? First mission of Perkyabos, Moshe Kivotan, Mishinim, Sar Eliyoshua. So everybody who I know you know, like when you learn it, you're like you you're making Diukim, Moshe Kibotar Mishina, why say Umus Masra and it doesn't say Benosan? whatever. People making Diyukim. But if you look at the literal interpretation is he's telling Moshe uh, the the, the, the Rabbi Danasi, who wrote the Mishnah is telling you that we are a misora religion straight down and you got to show the kids this the kids have to know the misora that this is the way it operates Rambam in the first sefer of Mada he goes through from Moshe straight until his life you could see it if i could show it inside it's at the end of the introduction where he literally goes through every generation every rov until his time the leader of each generation because it's so absolutely valuable. I'm going to tell you a story, which to me is well, the only story that I had that, um, you know, Avi, since you brought up the Avi business with. So, again, being a family from Bali Chua, you, you take from here, you take from there. I wear Chabad Tzitzes. I have Chabad filling in a way, but not 100%. The inside writing is not the alta ksav. You know, it's Ari ksav. The size is not the big ones. I don't sleep with my tzitzis. I got different things. You know, like well, because because I don't have. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I once went to the B- Bustin the Rebbe, and I was I told the Bustan Rebbe that I felt bad because many people have their own 100% derech. Like this is their derech. You know what I mean? And I said, I don't have that. I have a little from here, a little from here. You know, we take a little bit of uh, some perfume from there. We do whatever. So he said to me a little, it was a sharp line. He said to me, I also, my derech, he said there are some people such as myself, he's talking about himself, whose derech is to take from all the derechem. And then he said, the unfortunate thing is those people who have one derech usually do not know their own derech. But, but the, the point is that it, it was always something that I personally was not focusing on in the even though it's so clear. You want the kids to see those stones, to be able to go back and say, this was, I'm from Shevet Yisachar, and this was the stone from Shevet Yisachar. So I have one story, which I just wanted to share. So as, okay, so I'm 13 years old. 13 years old, and I had a Yechidus with the Rebbe, I had a number of Yechidus with the Rebbe, but this one was one of the one of the more interesting, one of the more that stuck in my mind, so I go in with my father, and the Rebbe says to me in English, he says to me, how do you put filling on? So Chabad puts a shin over here, and then they put a it's a Dalit over here and here. So I made my fingers, like because like Ashkenaz does through a shin down here. Take it up there. So, so I made with my fingers, shin, Dalit here. I remember that like yesterday. And then the Rebbe says to me, and what do you say? Now, I did not know that Chabad follows the approach of the Svartan. that they make one bracha. Svargin only make one bracha. They don't make the second bracha. Unless they make a hefsiq. If they talk, if there's a hefsiq, then they didn't make a second bracha. But if they only if they do, if there's no half Spartan spy, only make one bracha. Chabad is the same way, they only make one bracha I did not know that. Okay? So the Rebbe says, What do you say? So I say, i I that. So the Rebbe looks at me and he says to me, That's not how we do it. I wanted to die. Here I am in the Rebbe's office, right? And it's my bar mitzvah, and I basically just failed I failed the quiz. The man asked me, what brachas do you make? And he says, We don't do it like that. So my father was sitting right next to me. It was right next to me. It standing, not was right next to me. Now my father went to public school until he was sixteen. At sixteen years old he was in a thing called the release hour. You know, release hours, they still have it. According to New York City, it's interesting because with all of the liberalism, there's certain things that they allow because of liberalism. So if your parents sign a release paper, you can be allowed to go to religious instruction for one hour a week, but it has to be to the religion of your family. So Jews have to go to the Jewish program, which today is run by, it's run by NCSY and by JEP. Uh, maybe over here they do yeah. it. could be. In Brooklyn, there was, uh, was that. Uh, Christians, the Catholics, I guess, go to the Catholic thing. They still my father. So my father went. They liked it. So he wanted to go to yeshiva. So he went to some local yeshiva in East New York. That's where he was from. And they told him he's 16 years old. He's too old it so he was on a bus and he was crying and somebody came over to him and said to him why are you crying and I I knew about this story but I heard it at the shiva from at, at my father's shiva you know and um he said I want to go to yeshiva but nobody wants I'm uh, too old so the person said to my father go to Lubavitch they take anybody that was that was what he said so, my father went to Lubavitch in Brownsville. They put him into third grade. And quickly he went to fourth and fifth. He caught up and he ended up being a Sheikh in a row. Now, his father was from Kiev. It was a regular Lithuanian, uh, like, uh, Ukrainian jews So, he was taught to put filin on in the regular Ashkenaz fashion. Okay? So that's what he was taught. So my father tells the Rebbe that that's how I taught him because that's what my father taught me. So I say to the Rebbe without missing a beat, I said, okay, but tomorrow I'll change, you know? So the Rebbe said to me, you should never change your minute. He said, unless it's a brachal of He put that caveat in. He said, unless it's a brachal of you never change your minute. So in my family, I make two brachas, I, I make two brachas and my kids make two brachas, and, and although we're wearing supposed chabatzvillen, although it's not 100%, um, do you know what I'm talking about chabatzvillen? They have these big boxes, they have a different size, bigger, and the right, and the ksab is is the, the after-rev I don't know the difference because I don't know the difference between our Rizal And basically, anyway, but there are differences, slight differences. So therefore, that was the only story that I had (laughs) on the island. On the on the years reverse. Okay, you see. I don't know. It's also the old Ashkenazim. I'll get you on that. I I believe you. So anyway, yeah. What's that? So therefore, therefore, I think it's something which the Pusuk here is telling us in a very, very strong way that we have to really have visuals for our kids to see the mitzvah from where we come from, and you know I'm not going to say that that we have to be those people that I don't do anything that the zayde did didn't do. You know I'm not, I'm not going to come from there. But well, it is an important thing. I think it is an important thing. Okay. So Viper. That's, that's the first thing. Um, I thought this would be right up your alley. Yeah. So then it says there's a famous story. A very This is going to get a little bit, but not too much. We're we'll okay tonight. At the end of the parak, it's very famous. I'll just read you the Pesuken and then we'll learn the medrash cuz it's just such an amazing medrash by he yoshua so Yeshua's in yiriho he raises his eyes vayarni sees. be omed lenegdo and there's a man standing right in front of him harbo and the sword is out which means that he's saying he's ready for warfare By Yeluch Yoshua Eloh, Yoshua goes forward to him. So the enforcement say, you see from over here that a leader is not going to be in the back, right? Most of the time, the leaders lead from behind, right? In the American army, the generals are all the way in the back. In the Israeli army, if you look at the people who died, many of them were majors. There was one general, you know, out of 30 people, 32 people who got killed, one general. There were a number of majors that's not in the American army they'd all be they'd all be privates maybe 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 a sergeant not more than that but by us it's not like that so yoshua goes forward er lo, Im are you a friend or foe what are you you're coming at me in the middle of the night and your sword is out? what are you so he says er lo, ki anisar tzavah Hashem. I am. An angel of God. I'm a. I'm a. Of a general of God. I'm here now. What is that about? So if you remember the Gemara and brachas, it talks about Ipa Yeshua al Arts of v'yistachu. So Yeshua bows down on the ground because he realizes this is a malach. So he's in your. He's in your rico. He's getting ready to make a war. But obviously Hashem is sending him. A malach to tell him he has to do chuva. That's why the sword was out. That you've better do chuva. So the question was, what was he having to do chuva on? So the medir says three things. It's very I'm just gonna read it for those I'm sure you guys know it all, but we're just gonna read it again. The Amar Rabbi Abba Bar Papa. This is from Erevin. Lo Lonenash Yoshua Yoshua was punished. El be for three reasons. Number one, that he, for one day, he pushed off the people from having marital relations. Okay? So that was the first possibility. It's a big Avera if a person just messes with people. If a Rav does it, if, if, you can't do that. You can't do that. You cannot play with that. Obviously, if there's agreement by the husband and wife, that's one thing, but otherwise, you can't play with it. below um, another. Another thing that happened here was that he was Navatel, the Talma bin Arbayan. So he thought that maybe, maybe that's why he's being punished. But the real reason was Akshav, what was it about? He was Navatel Torah, And because of that, because of that, his life was in peril. As it says, Gadol Talmud Torah, to mihakrovas him that Talmud Torah is in essence greater than bringing a korban, as it says, Atabasi. I came now. So we're learning, and it should be it should have been a for Kali Israel and for the soldiers in Israel and everything should be good for everybody. Next Wednesday night. We'll learn, and then we're going to make tzitzis. We're making tzitzis with the Israeli green tzitzis. Okay, just one more thing here. Uh, I just saw this also here. It says, So how could it be, the kasha is, this is in Megillah and in Sanhedrin. How could it be that in the middle of the night, Yeshua bows down to this person. How could he do this? For Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said, shalom You're not allowed to say, use the word Shalom to a person at night because we were worried. Shama shade who? Maybe this isn't a human being. Maybe this is a shade. Shani Hacha, the Amar It can't be a, He knew it wasn't a shade. He, because he said Hashem, because he used the name of God and by using the name of God you know who the person is when you speak to people and you hear how they talk now I know you've never spoken to lowlifes but if you ever speak to people who are not of the highest caliber they literally cannot put a phrase together without some inappropriate language they can't do it they're the bad people they don't mean it back. they're not really cursing you out. They literally do not know how to make a statement without it. On the other hand, when you listen to a tzaddik, they speak deliberately. They got you know. What I mean, there's a different angle here. So the Gemara says the Dilma Maybe, maybe, maybe he was just faking it out. So the Gemara answers that the, they wouldn't uh, even a shade would not say the Shem Shemaim Lovatovah. Something to think about because we all, I shouldn't say we all, I'm going to say myself, sometimes the language, when you're around people, you can pick up language and that's not not a good thing. Okay, a pleasure, I'm happy that you came. Misora is more important than we imagine. Again, I wasn't raised with I want to read one thing here. I'm sorry, we'll just end this one thing. Did you ever see this, Safer? This is the most amazing book. This is written by Ari Kaplan. This is called The Handbook of Jewish Thought. It has two volumes. There's volume one and volume two. I was very close to Ari Kaplan. And volume one he wrote. Volume two was taken from his notes. So it's really not... I mean, he, he didn't write it. He, um... He wrote the words, but it was on his computer and they took it off the computer. So it wasn't edited by him. But he has he what he does is he goes through I just want to read this here. Yeah one second, one second. Ah, this is so beautiful. I'll read it to you. So what he does here is he he starts with man, then he goes to the commandments. He he writes out everything. It's such I'll, you should really look at it. So in the area of Midhagim, he writes like this, throughout the world, different Jewish communities observe different customs. Although this may make their observances appear very different in outward form, in essence, the differences are actually very minor. With regard to the basic observance of the laws of Torah, all traditional Jewish communities are essentially the same. Every community differs in history and culture individuals have different natures and so do cities and localities just as a river flows along its natural path so does each community the customs of each place thus tend to strengthen the torah according to the the character of that place but so what that means is that you take, for example, the Jews from the Germanic world, right? It's not that they were amongst the Goyimness and that's the sole reason that they act in a certain way, the German Goyims, you know? That's not true. It's everything it's the topography, it's the food that they ate, it's where the Neshamas came from, and the Jews from Algeria, right? And they have certain customs. It's, it's not only because they were living amongst Algerian non-Jews. And it's not by accident that a person was in Algeria. His neshama was destined for that area, and the Minhagan that the people have was, were created in order to enhance those specific neshamas. It's not just an arbitrary... What, how many people are you up here now? Two, four, five. Gavin is six. And downstairs, Avi is that's seven, eight. There's eight. Okay, we'll get two more. You want to stand on the chat or not? Do we have Meyer for you Or. You're already? Yeah. At least four people are diving already. Yeah, for four, four daveners? Are You and Abi did you not? I done, I yeah, shouldn't do it, but you know. I do. It's a beautiful. It's a, his, his opening line here is, there are a number of ideas that literally form the background of Judaism. Without knowledge of, of these ideas, it's vir- virtually impossible to know how Judaism came to be as it is today. Unfortunately, however, the more important the idea, the less the average person knows about it. Which is so true. More important Yeah no violence. Read the book, it's really one of the issue is people oh. no longer study this.